to you this evening. Hallelujah. Revelations chapter 13. Revelations chapter 13. I had one of those moments where I read through the book of Revelations. And uh, Revelations chapter 13. Social media at one point was allowing a lot of things, Facebook and stuff, but we've noticed over the years that they, they censor a lot of things now. A lot of things that they don't agree with, depending on their agenda, liberal agenda, more than likely. Uh, if you don't, stuff like abortion, if you stand up for, you know, pro-life versus pro-abortion or whatever, they, they will censor you. Of course, I just read something this morning that Mr. Zuckerberg wants to go back to um, the other way. I don't know how that's going to work. I don't even know what that means, to be honest with you, but I don't even go on there. I just... He was just mentioning this morning that he doesn't want to censor as much as he's doing now. He just wants to censor terrorism and stuff like that, which is fine, but uh, not other views of people. But at the moment, they're not doing that. Amen. We're living in crazy times all over the globe. It really is true. I want to look at closer to the mark. And when I talk about the mark, I'm talking about the mark of the beast this evening. Out of Revelations chapter 13, I'm just going to read a couple verses here. We'll be meandering around here in the middle of this book. <clears throat> Verse 16. The Bible says, He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads, that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Now you think about that, that's pretty incredible. That there's going to come a time when someone is going to have it set up where you are going to have to have a mark on your body, whether it's your right hand or your forehead, to live. Really, to survive. That the whole earth, amen, you're either going to have that mark or you're not going to be able to buy or sell or do anything of that nature. You're not going to be able to live eventually because you have to take that mark. It's going to be a total control of people's lives. And ultimately, it's linked with worshiping the devil or worshiping the beast or the false prophet. But uh, I tell you, you see... A little bit of this going on even today. Let's look at closer to the mark out of this text. I want to look first of all at Satan's war. Because <clears throat> as you read the Bible, as you read Revelations, it's more than just what's going to happen. It's not, I understand it's a prophecy. It's exactly what it is. John is in the spirit on the Lord's day, if you will. And he gets this prophecy, he calls it that literally. And so from the beginning to the end of Revelation, it is a picture of what is going to take place. But I tell you, there's more going on here. What it gives in the middle is where we're looking here. There's a little blurb, if you will. You can divide this book up pretty well. But it gives you a picture of the war that's between God and between Satan. Simple as that. Same war that's been going on. Since the beginning of creation, goes all the way back to the garden, you had two players. You had the, the devil, the serpent, you had God. And so it hasn't changed, amen. And so we see this, we see God who has all the authority 
and the devil rebelling against that authority. That's really what it is right there. Very simple. We see God allowing Satan a sort of limited power to carry out his misdeeds. And it truly is a war that's going on against God. It's a war going on against his church. Ultimately, it's a war going on against our own personal lives. The objective for us is to overcome the devil, right? We just touched on that one scripture. I just touched on the testimony, but the verse is simply, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb, the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives unto the death. And so that's the whole idea is to overcome in this battle that we are involved in. And so the message is, ultimately, we do win. We don't win without a fight, but we do win, and you will fight to the end. And at the end, the devil is thrown into the lake of fire. It's, it's an amazing story when I'm reading it. I'm thinking to myself, it finally does come to an end. Where God is going to wrap it up. He's got reasons for all that he does, what he does. And in the end, he throws him into the lake of fire where he, he will burn forever and ever. So the same scripture that says everyone who's not written in the Lamb's book of life will be cast into the lake of fire as well. There's no going back. Of course, we are in heaven with God forever. And it's going to be there. It's, we're going to experience something beyond our wildest imaginations, our wildest dreams. Heaven is not anything like you can imagine. It's, it's, it's hard to even fathom being in a place where there is no sin. You can't. It's impossible. There's no sin in me. There's no sin outside of me. There's just no sin. Can you get a handle on that? It's hard to even fathom. You can't really. Because we know who we are and what we're dealing with all the time in our own members. And one day that's not even going to be there. Can you just No fight at all. You know, no crazy thoughts, bad dreams, stupid thoughts, hatred, bitterness. I don't like you, but you know. We're not going to be married, so we won't be getting mad at our spouses. We won't. We won't get mad at anybody. Glory, hallelujah. But in the meantime, we're in a war. Satan against God, Satan against God's people. Revelations 12, 17. That, and the dragon was enraged with the woman, and he went to make war with the rest of her offspring who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. That's us. Chapter 13 describes the tactics that he's using against God's people. Chapter 13, verse 1, Then I stood on the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast, this is John writing, he's speaking, rising up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and on his horns ten crowns, and on his head a blasphemous, blasphemous name. It was granted to him, <clears throat> this is where God gives his limited power, it was granted to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them, and authority was given to him over every tribe, tongue, and nation. Now there are two beasts, as we're going to read here in a moment. The first beast, amen, he's involved in murdering Christians. He's raw violence, amen. 
and we still can see this sometimes in places in the earth. This was especially true in Rome. Every apostle died. That was what was going on. Every apostle died, but the apostle John, who's writing this revelation, they couldn't kill him. I'm not too sure all that was going on there. That's just what history tells us. <clears throat> this went on in Rome. This went on in Germany, killing Christians. This went on in, in Africa, and the, the genocides that go on over there, goes on in Asia. <clears throat> but this is one strategy. The second beast is different. The second beast, chapter 13, comes up in verse number 11. Then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb and spoke like a dragon. Verse 14. And he deceives those who dwell on the earth by those signs which he was granted to do in the sight of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who was wounded by the sword and lives. And so this second beast, <clears throat> not like the first. The first beast is just out and out violence. He kills, he destroys, he overcomes people. The second one deceives. He operates by deception and coercion. Coercion means to persuade by using force or threats. It means forcing or intimidating someone to do what you want them to do. It means bullying. It's really what a word is. One of, the, one of the words for coercion is bullying. Whether you bully people by force or by intimidation, by authority or compulsion, this is what governments do. China. I just got this this morning. China, the Chinese government is taking new steps to suppress Christianity. Surprise, surprise. China is resurrecting the God as the government state. And the guy goes on to say, and we're all threatened by it, et cetera, et cetera. He says, the primary fear is that Christians who follow Jesus have a greater allegiance to him than to the Communist Party. And they want to squeeze the life out of that allegiance. Goes on to say, religious organizations must spread the principles and policies of the Chinese government Communist Party. So you can't be preaching the gospel. You got to preach communism i'm not sure how that works but it talks here it says but this says house churches subjected to increasing persecution they're driving believers into the state-run protestant church the chinese uh, communist party threatens to take away their social benefits shut shut down and destroy their meeting venues this is what we're talking about we're talking about bullying we're talking about a nation because they have the authority. They're going to bully people into not living for God. Goes on to say, they, they even, they're even coming against their funeral services. The regulation is to get rid of bad funeral customs and establish a scientific, civilized, civilized, and economical way of funerals. The rules require that clerg, cler, clerical personnel are not allowed to participate in funerals. And no more than 10 family members of the deceased are allowed to read scriptures or sing hymns in a low voice. <laughs> How does that work, right? You know what I mean? It's like, wait, your voice is too high. Off to jail. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that's like so arbitrary as what? By compulsion. Amen like the second beast. Here's William Barr. William Barr is our attorney general, right? 
I don't know too much about this guy. I just read this article. It said, it's made the statement, militant secularists across America long have charged that religious people are imposing their views on them. How, how did that work? I, <laughs> I've never been accused of that. But it's actually the other way around. There you go, contended Attorney General William Barr. I feel today religion is being driven out of the marketplace of ideas and there's an organized militant secular effort to drive religion out of our lives. And so what they do, like the liberal people do anyways in the media, they branded this guy as an extreme Catholic uh, associated with the secretive ultra-Orthodox Catholic sect. Which one is that? I don't know. And they said, of course, the point of flack what they're saying, like this is to polarize the target and thus make him ineffective through clouds of mistrust. Kind of what they're trying to do with the president. A parallel effort has been underway much long, longer against the nation's first freedom, the duty to obey God before men. And so what I'm saying here is we know very well about the second beast. We experience his influence, Amen. The first, we haven't seen much, not in our country. We don't see Christians being beheaded and hung and, and so on and so forth, amen. But the second beast, we are very familiar with his tactics, very familiar with the deception and the coercion. I mean, it's been going on for years. God, prayer, creation have been bullied out of the school system. And now all we have is long, long ago, like millions of years ago, like like way back so far that you can't even possibly uncover anything, there was a bang. And this is what we got from it. Created everything you can see. In fact, if you believe in creation, you can't even teach in many of our universities today. That's what they do. They edge you right out. Isaiah 5.20, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Think about it. If that's not a, a definition of what we're seeing today, because I tell you, deception is a powerful force. It misleads. It takes you to places that you would not go to voluntarily. It hides the truth. I just read this morning, I... I was up pretty early, and I'm reading about a group in the Church of England that they are now, they're scolding the Church of England for following the Bible. <laughs> That's true. You can look it up yourself. They're upset because the Church of England has decided, because there's a lot of things going on, you know, like in our country, things are going on, and, and the Church of England, at least at this very point, and they've compromised like you, you can't even believe, but they made a decision, we're going to follow the Bible. And this group, mainly the, you know, the homosexual mafia, had rose up and said, you know what, this, that's the problem with the Church of England. You follow the Bible. I think, why? Just then leave and form your own church and follow your, I don't know what you're going to be following. It doesn't sound very nice, but. But that's not what we're talking about, are we? See, the devil's in a war. That's what we're reading here. 
The first beast just killed people. You want to preach the gospel, Paul? Fine. We're going to kill you. Peter, we're going to try to kill you. Well, they did eventually kill him. James killed him right out the gate. Every one of them martyred. And they had absolute revival. Now they're trying deception and coercion. Both have been in play for a long time. Let's look secondly at marching toward the mark. Because what you're dealing with here is nothing new. It's just the spirit of Antichrist. You know, every generation, I'm sure, has accepted Antichrist ideas and Antichrist things. My generation's no different. The 60s generation was really a, a major turning point in our modern times. The 60s generation of you know, free love and uh, you know, sex, drugs, rock and roll. And I tell you what, we haven't left that. We've just morphed into different things. And the sex has got more perverted. The drugs have got more overpowering. And the music's still just as bad. <laughs> what can I say? Slowly we've picked things up and we've not let them go even to this very day. And we're living in a time where we're calling evil good and good evil. And at the same time, you know, that this was going on, you know, the sex, the drugs, the rock and roll, the hippie movement, the, you know, uh, rebel against authority. That's who's running our government, by the way, the 60s. Rebel against authority. Don't trust anybody over 30. Now they're over 60, but there you go. Uh, all these things that were going on, amen. In the midst of all that, you had the Jesus people movement. At the same time, when you had riots and rebellion, you had people getting saved by the hundreds. A Pentecostal movement, amen. People getting saved. Probably one of the most powerful revivals in the history of our nation. And we've had a couple, a few. And this one was no different, amen. Our church, our movement flows out of the hippies getting saved in the early 70s, 1970 actually. We're part of that even today. We're kind of a remnant of that as the years go by. So if you wonder why we clap hands when we sing, it's probably because we came out of the Jesus people movement. That's why we clap our hands. That's why when we used to have music scenes, we sat on the floor. I never sat in a chair in a music scene ever. I think I've never sat in, in, a, in a music scene in a chair until I got to this church, actually. <laughs> Things change, you know what I'm saying? But we just sat on the floor. If you had kids, you put them on the floor with you. So the whole family was sitting on the floor. It was like we never, we never left that. I don't know, I'm not too sure when they started sitting on chairs back there, but this is going right into the 90s. We're still sitting on the floor. No, the truth of the matter is Jesus is coming back. You know, Revelation starts out by addressing the church. Immediately he's addressing the seven churches, as we call it, the seven churches of Revelations or the seven churches of Turkey or Asia at that time. But in chapter 4, he immediately moves to heaven. And the church is no longer on the scene, Amen. Listen, there's nothing that needs to happen. We're not waiting for any events to transpire for Jesus to come back for his church. Jesus could come back tonight. And I don't know if you fully grasp this, but I'm telling you, time can move very quickly. 
Things can change so fast in life. Things can be accelerated so fast because it's not, it's not what we're doing. It's a spiritual war. He shows us in Revelations. This is a battle between heaven and hell. Or battle between Satan and his angels and heaven. Amen. It's really God's in authority. He's not up there like going, I don't know if I'm going to win this thing. He's, he's in total authority. It's simply the devil rebe rebelling against that authority. It's all you see in Revelations. I believe we're living in the last days. I always have, but as I see the things unfold around me, I'm seeing things that I could have never fathomed when I first got saved. Like that scripture calling good evil and evil good. It's like, how is that possibly possible? It's happening now. <laughs> it's crazy. You know, Revelations ends with Jesus coming back to the earth in one foul swoop and doing business in a moment of time and setting up his kingdom and reigning in righteousness. Nothing stops him because nothing can stop him. Amen. Victory's already been won. Victory was won on the cross. The signs of the end times, beloved, are all around us. We're not looking for blood moons and harbingers and, you know, technology that can put chips under your hand and all this kind of stuff. I know all that stuff's out there, amen. That's not the issue. The issue is what our text says. Revelation says the second beast is going to use deception or coercion. And you see it today. The bullying, amen, that goes on. We're being bullied into submission. Articles abound about the craziness that's going on in the world. You know, today, China has a, is, is a they have a uh, facial recognition system in their cities. Not every city, but some of their major cities. They're, they're moving all over the country, but they're really advanced in this area. And um, they, they use it to, uh, 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 to monitor people in their country. And so if you're, if, if you're doing something that's, you know, not right or illegal or just something that's just not according to their moral conduct, because the communists do have a sort of a moral conduct, and they recognize you walking down the street, they'll pick you up just like that. There's nowhere to hide. What's interesting is that... Um, Facebook and Google are helping them. <laughs> They're right in the mix. That's why you can be talking in your living room. And um, that little box, what's she called? Alexa starts talking to you. You ever have that? Excuse me, I don't understand what you're saying. Are you talking to me? Are you listening to me? I'm not a conspiracy theorist, okay? But I'm just telling you, she's talked to me before, and I haven't talked to her. And her is nothing. Her is a plastic box this big. <laughs> Revelations 13, 17, and there that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark in the name of the beast and the number of his name. And again, like I said earlier, it's linked to worshiping the false prophet and the beast. 
So where am I going with this? Let's go thirdly to the unchanging dynamic. Because persecution is going to come. You might not be persecuted now, but I tell you one thing, you're on the devil's radar screen, okay? We have pastors even today that are <clears throat> being put in jail because they're preaching against homosexual behavior. Again, like I said, Facebook has already banned certain things that are pro-life. As a believer, listen, as a believer, you've got to process certain things. You've got to process them, amen. You've got to process them according to truth. Not according to, don't be bullied. Because that's what it's trying to do. It's trying to bully you to think like they think. To say what is right, what they say is right. And so it's a bully pulpit, if you will, amen. And I tell you, you're going to have to, you're going to be forced to be on one side or the other. There's no such thing as like, well, I don't worry about that stuff. It's coming after you. It's got, a, it's got a bullseye on you tonight, amen. You're going to have to make a decision where you stand. Either you stand on God's word or you compromise, amen. Listen, being a Christian will never be cool, okay? So if you want to be cool or hip or, you know, I just want to, you know, kind of like, you know, kind of, you know, relate to everybody. I can't relate to everybody. I'm not called to relate to anybody, amen. I'm called to stand here and to be a voice crying from the wilderness. Uh, get your heart right with God. I don't relate with a lot of people. Because what I'm saying is your heart's not right. Either we stand on God's word or we compromise. Being a Christian, like I said, is not cool. But you know, neither is burning in hell. I tell you, there's a spirit that's hostile toward Christians, and it's an anti-Christ spirit. Amen. How do you think the feminists and the Muslims get along so well? I mean, really? I mean, I can preach a sermon on wives submit to your husbands, and they're ready to crucify me. And look what the Muslims are doing. You know, she can't even walk ten. She's got to be ten paces behind him, wrapped up in a sheet. And the feminists are not saying a word. Because it's a spirit. It's a spirit, beloved. They should be all over that. They're, they're, they're cheering on Sharia law. It's like, and you're going, oh. Where's the feminist when you need them? <laughs> Listen, if you're going to serve God, you're going to have to be willing to be different. Hebrews 13, 12, Therefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered outside the gate, outside of tradition, outside of the temple and the sacrifices, outside of what the world says is right and what the world says is wrong. He stands alone, amen. You're going to have to make a stand if you're going to survive. You have to make a stand. Don't be bullied into submission, amen. If people can use Jesus' name in vain, you can use Jesus' name in earnest and in truth. Oh, you're talking about Jesus? Well, you were just talking about him. You just called that wrench by his name. You brought it up. Listen, don't let them spoon feed you their garbage. 
If it's sin, then call it sin. Be bold. If it's nonsense, call it what it is. Let me tell you something. Sex was determined at birth. You do know that, don't you? Didn't you learn that in sixth grade? It's called chromosomes. If anybody's got a problem, just give them a mirror. Sit here, go into the bathroom, take this mirror. I'm sure they got a kid out there. We can like tell the difference. You can like look and go, oh, 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 oh. I must be a boy. You don't get up and decide your sex. It was decided for you. I'm sorry. If you're not happy with being a male, get over it. I don't know what to say. You know what I mean? I didn't make that decision. I just, you know, you know I just one day I realized, I'm like, I know what I am. Whether I feel like it or not, I know what I am. My chromosome is this, your chromosome is that, hey. It's been decided. I mean, stand up and tell them. This is sixth grade house class, you know that. You know, Grown-ups going, I don't know what I am. You're confused, that's what you are. Listen, there's something in the human conscience that can hear truth. Listen to me. There is something in the human conscience that can hear truth. Amen. Are you a Christian? You're darn right I'm a Christian. Because it's either heaven or hell. And I chose heaven. That's what I did. I chose heaven. As long as you're on the earth, you have the right to speak. Listen to what it says for you and I. Matthew 5, 14 and 15. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on the hill cannot be hidden. Nor do you light a lamp and put it under a bushel, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all who is in the house. Jesus uses an illustration, then he brings it over to you and I. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Because I'm telling you something, Revelations comes to an end. And when you get to the end, it tells you who wins. It tells you what's going to happen. Let me read it for you. Revelations 19, verse 11. Now I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. And he who sat on him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe, dipped in blood, and his name was called the Word of God. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a two sharp sword, that with it he shall strike the nations, and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron." He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That's what's going to happen. 
And I'll tell you what, he's wearing a white robe, and so is everybody else in his army wearing a white robe because he's going to take care of business just like that. There ain't going to be no blood on our robes. There's going to be no blood on, other than his own blood on his robe. He's going to come down, and he's going to do business like that. We ain't playing games. We're not talking like, oh, it's going to be a battle. <laughs> it's not going to be a battle. You don't wear white into battle. No battle at all. Amen. He's going to come down. He's going to do business with a rod of iron. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He's going to step into the authority that's always been there. And then he's going to deal with the devil, who's nothing more than a rebellious little guy. Let's see, we're heading toward the mark. But while we still have dominion, beloved, now, I encourage you with these words this evening. Be encouraged. Don't back down. Because now's the time to make a stand for God. Amen. Be the light on a hill. You speak truth. There is something in people. I don't care how crazy it gets. There's something that hears truth. Look at the gathering demoniac. You can't get any more crazier than that guy. Woo, he was nutty. Even by Portland standards, he was crazy. I didn't even know if he would have fit in here. But he got saved. That gives us hope for everybody that walked these streets. Something in him connected with something in God. And as crazy as demon-possessed as this guy was, he connected, he heard truth. He, he connected with Jesus. And I don't care what you're dealing with. I don't care the insanity you're dealing with today. You speak truth. You stand up for the truth. It's our only hope. In a real sense, it's only our only hope too. Don't be bullied. Don't be bullied to believe the garbage that they're trying to shove down your throat because it's not true. Go to the word of God. See, when Jesus comes, that's what he, the word of God. The word of God. Right to the end, it's the word of God still stands. Amen. It still stands today. Let's bow our heads. So our heads are bowed this evening. Praise God. This, this book of Revelations, it is a book of judgment. Obviously, in the middle.